0: That's chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VTW group void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: You are listening to the good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin with the good news hi
0: we are here with the good news this is producer dave sitting in for angie austin today she couldn't be here she's still swimming with riley or she's not swimming she's watching <laughs> Riley swim really fast it'd probably be hard to keep up with him. yeah i have a feeling he'd beat me in the pool pretty <laughs> easy um <laughs> uh, but yeah he's a impressive little kid but uh you know it's good that he's got the support of his mom and that, yes. she, that she's mm-hmm. got our support to be here Amen. to help you all share the good news and the and and Tell you all about how God is working through our lives and how uh, we are trying to make the world a better place, um, one radio show at a time. Yep. But I'm here today with Donna Hetzler, the founder of Jericho Girls, and she helps build other women up empower people to be the best that they can be particularly women Mm -hmm. Uh, in the world where uh, women tend to cut each other down and Mm -hmm. not really do that and there's a lot of competition is it's more of a cooperative effort there at the at the jericho girl
3: plus she's also the best real estate agent
0: Oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> yes. I've been dealing with a lot of real estate lately, too. I'm uh, selling my house. Yes, and hopefully... you're getting ready
4: to go on the market, and the craziness <sighs> began.
0: We, yeah, so hopefully it'll be over real fast. I, <laughs> I don't <laughs> like moving.
5: <laughs> uh, we also <laughs> are
0: here with Jennifer Bishop. Uh, she uh, helps people live to the fullest. She helps people feel the best that they can feel. Yes. Um living your le- potential. That's right, living <laughs> your potential. And um, and Jennifer's there, and she's always, despite what's going on the rest of her life, she's here to support us <laughs> no matter what. And smiling, too, she's which really, I love. I know. And uh, in, in a very desperate time in my life, had Jennifer Bishop, who I had just met. That's right. Um, was uh, Was there for me every single day, and she kept reminding me that she was there for me, which is something that I wouldn't have asked for, but I needed... So I, I really appreciate that, and I'm really glad to have you in my life, and I love you too. Yep. And then we're also here with the person who keeps us in line, keeps us on track, sometimes make us drop and do 20, That's but just right. grin on the drill sergeant of life. Just remember yeah. WWDSD. What would Drill Sergeant do? If there's ever a time in your life and you don't know what to do, WWDSD.
6: You know, that's pretty cool because I have soldiers from um, 1988 who still call me Drill Sergeant Mama.
0: Mama, I love (laughs) it. Because
6: I didn't know they called me that when they were in basic training. Had I known, they'd probably still be doing push ups at Fort Dix, New Jersey. I'm just saying. I'm
0: very close with them still because you just said that you were. You were out. Uh, you were in Hawaii. I was looking at all your beautiful pictures in Hawaii. Mm, yes, I was so jealous. Jealous. Uh-huh. jealous. It looked so beautiful. I what
3: wasn't a- jealous good i was happy for you i Thank was you. happy for you too <laughs> I, <laughs> you. I, was you. I was jealous I'm sorry.
0: i was jealous for me i was happy for you no, but i know that you were there with with uh, with one of your recruits and uh, i know that uh, that's an important thing it's that after all these years after so long that they're still appreciative of all the things that you've done for them
6: he hunted me down he hunted <laughs> me down in november 2015 he found me mm-hmm. well you made and, a real good soldier uh, I, I guess mm-hmm. i did and he said that everything that he's doing right now is because of who I was to him as a drill sergeant. Wow. Training. wow. And so, and I mean, I must say he's um, pretty wealthy, you know, and, and he's doing some stuff that I'm like, what else are you going to do? I don't know yet, drill sergeant mama, but I'm going to keep on doing it. I said, well, you go ahead and do it, baby. You go <laughs> ahead and do it. Mm. And so I went to Hawaii to marry him his afianz, and his affianced. And he flew us over there and, it was just i mean accommodated us and everything and it was just absolutely
0: gorgeous Mm. i did
6: not want to come back home. i don't blame you yeah (laughs) i wouldn't either i lived there for a
0: while it was one of my favorite times in my life okay yeah so so the only reason i came home is because i injured myself really bad so i had to come yeah so -hmm. i did the kalao trail um which is one of the most beautiful places in the entire world it's but from kea beach um, to kalao beach is 12 miles um over three peaks and valleys and um, it's it's called the Nepali Coast. A lot of people have heard of the Nepali Coast. Oh, yes. It's kind of yes. where It mm-hmm. looks like a Jurassic Park, you know, the beginning of Jurassic Park. <laughs> um, but it uh, is, is very, very beautiful, and I did it with 80, 80 pounds on my back and so that we could stay for as long as my, possible. But I... Uh, fell and i got injured on my ankle and then i got a staph infection oh oh my goodness and so it got really really bad and so i actually had to come back to the mainland because of it and it kind of changed the course of my life but without that injury i wouldn't have my beautiful children or my wonderful life or this awesome job (laughs) (laughs) which is one of my favorite things that i do and i wouldn't know angie austin or any of the good news gals and so i guess uh yeah, uh, you know, all those things happen for a purpose, and uh, yeah. you know, and when when we get to actually live to our purpose, uh, my my goal back then was to uh, buy a boat and then take people snorkeling. Oh,
4: how fun! Mm, I'd be in on that business. I mean,
0: that's yeah. still my plan. Eventually, eventually, yeah. Uh, but I'm uh, the... with all this radio money. I'm going to take. Uh,
4: <laughs> <laughs> Invest, take wisely. The, exactly. <laughs> Invest wisely. Invest <laughs> wisely.
0: So uh, that's still on on the docket, but uh, probably more as a later in life thing than kind of a. Career. I liked all <laughs> your
4: ideas about businesses and the coffee bar you were going to start and your barbecue oh, sauce. Oh, my coffee sauce, bar. Sauce. I'm still going to do that.
0: My barbecue sauce yeah. is going to put on hold too because it's it's it it would be a full-time job. I would have to stop doing it if right. I was going to wow. do that. So, okay. But for now, I get to give my wonderful, delicious hot sauce out as gifts. Amen. So,
3: right. so That's good okay, you. right?
0: So yeah, <laughs> and I don't want to give my coffee coffee bar um, idea away because yeah. uh, if any uh, nobody's done telling. it and if anybody heard it, then I'm sure it would blow up. I right. can't wait to uh, present it to Merck Cuban so that he can help me start I it. know. I think you should go on
4: the Shark I shark, would be tank, perfect. Shark well, yes. Tank. Shark Tank. And as soon as I get tank. this
0: house sold and get into my new house, I'm going to build a workshop. And I'm actually going to build from scratch. Oh, my the, the goodness. That need, yes. So.
4: That would be great. I'm
0: really, And then plus, I'm still finishing my books and stuff like that so mm, still know, writing I'll, be, I'll get there yeah yeah actually well uh, it was you know back in december when i was actually rolling really good back then and then with the whole thing with jason um getting cancer and mm-hmm. kind of put a stop to it but now i've been trying to get back into it but now we're moving and doing all this stuff but as soon as we get into this new house we're You'll gonna live there for it. 20 years <laughs> so he'll uh, be I'm moving go in the, five you know, they, they all, all tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really excited about that, but yeah, and and, and, and you know, uh, you guys really have inspired me to keep motivated and keep doing. It. So I have lots of ideas, and I and I used to just be the idea guy and never really follow Implement. through with any action, right? Mm-hmm. And um, just uh, some of the actually Beatrice Bruno's success with writing has really motivated me to keep going and keep doing it. So well, thank you, and yeah. I'm just another to write. way, just yeah. another way that you've helped me in my life and done everything. So
4: and you're writing a bunch of books right now aren't you
6: i am i'm on a whole bunch of ghostwriting projects that um getting ready to go to mexico to um talk with a client who h- deals with the sex trafficking
5: oh, oh that'll be wow
6: and yes. it's just i i mean just reading portions of it um it's just it it, it tears my heart up because mm. yeah. these little 10 you know it's the, sometimes four and five six-year-old girls mm being sex trafficked by sick. their family yes yeah, you know it's and usually just, by the family oh mm-hmm. i just i can't get with that and um working on another um about actually um a very controversial subject in christianity
4: oh that'll yeah now you've you can't tell us. yeah I, I, can, I, can you give us a hint
6: be, um let's just say that it was first legalized here
4: Mm. I actually read an article
0: about that not Mm. too long ago. It says that perhaps I mean, I don't know how much Mm -hmm. validity it was to it, but perhaps Jesus actually used the oils derived from that stuff that helped people Mm. back in the day. So back when Jesus was it's helping natural. people and doing things and that's so,
6: right and do you know that in the 1920s and 30s that oil was used very heavily until pharma came along yep. and decided we can make we're a lot of money it. off of that so uh-huh. we're taking it off that y'all can't use that anymore right well right? my sister's
0: epileptic and she actually cbd oil has changed her life mm-hmm. um it's done a lot of things and CBD oil has, uh, you know, it went from hundreds of pills a day to only a few because yeah. of that stuff. So yeah.
3: Well, and the the technology that I represent, all natural, it, you know, I just, I, oh, that whole big pharma, don't even well, get Well, and burnout losers
0: that we want to avoid as well, <laughs> the people that just want to, you know, not do anything else. And I don't, I don't agree with that at all. No,
3: but. no, 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 no. Yes, exactly. But there, yeah, I know many people that have been helped by natural products, many, many yeah mm-hmm.
0: right but uh, you know as a big powerful community we can all come together and mm-hmm. kind of help people and do all this stuff and we live in a big town here um in yeah. denver mm-hmm. but um you know we we do get to see a lot of little towns out there and i the reason i bring up little towns is because that's what our good news story is about today good. this is a boyd hooper i wanted to lighten it up a little bit um i know we were we talked a lot about veterans and some pretty crazy stories last week so but boyd hooper has brought us this special it's called the standstill parade it's this little town in imagine. minnesota it's only two blocks long and so they can't really have a proper <laughs> parade so what they do is they park the floats and they have everybody walk past them wow. so which i like better <laughs> I, I like it. that better i don't like standing still watching everyone go by at a parade right. so i'd much rather keep moving wow. then
4: you can say i'm in the parade right exactly
0: <laughs> so here uh, here's a boyd hubert standstill parade
2: everyone on the move to the Whelan, Minnesota Parade. The Fire truck is coming. There. Parade lineup in place. <gasps> 11 a.m. sharp. Ready, set. One, two, three, four. No, it's the Sandstill Parade. Sharp-eyed viewers may notice the Lanesboro High School marching band isn't. No one is. When you tell people you're going to the standstill parade, what do they say? What? Whalen had a problem Just 63 people and a Main Street exactly That long.
3: We only have two blocks here. So you really can't have a normal parade.
2: Jane Lewis is chairperson (laughs) Of the standstill parade the members of the Whalen American Legion are parade chair people too. Literally. What, what do you like most about this parade? City. Anyone who's ever served in the military has done plenty of marching already. <laughs> so the whale and honor guard, the antique cars, and every other town festival staple stays planted. While the people parade idea. around them. What? It what? David Herenstein owned the Aroma Pie Shop when he took his half-baked idea for a stationary parade to the Wayland City Council. They just thought it was a little weird, <laughs> and it was. 24 years later. Stand still, uh, that's me. Weird, has turned out. Get your ducks in a row. Wonderful. And
7: there they are. I like the small town feel, you, you, and you won't get much smaller, so.
2: <laughs> you won't get run over in this parade, that's nice. But with the candy collected, and the band all directed, How exactly does one know when a standstill parade is over? When it moves. Grow up in a town with a two-block-long Main Street, and there's never a doubt. Where you stand. That's
4: awesome.
3: I love
2: this story.
0: I've always loved small towns like that uh, Um. I, I want to move that, move to a small town, you know, uh, when I get old, like retirement age. I would love to have something like that. Um, For Fourth uh, of July this year, my family went to we went to Florence, which compared to Denver is tiny, but it's bigger than than this place. Right. But there's not 63 people there. Florence is a cool little town. And the best part about it is for the Fourth of July, they did what they called a wet dry parade where they had a parade the fire trucks and all the everything go. And then at starting at one block, they would turn on all the water. Like, you know, the water trucks that go to like uh, uh, construction sites and they squirt all the oh, water yeah. out. Mm-hmm. They drive down really slow and turn up the water. And right in the one intersection, there was like this waterfall from the firemen. Oh, my and there's people in these dump trucks. And it was Talk
4: about our friendship and our families. And, you know, we honor the, the other people that are there with us. And so long story short is he always tears up. And I've never seen Eric cry. And his line is, I got pepper in my eye. Oh, yeah. So pepper in the yeah, yeah. eye is the deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) (laughs) I have pepper in the eye over here, over this story, Mm. but no, it's, it's it's just uh, heart wrenching to hear this wife's, um, how Mm. she's missing, you know, freedom is not free. And mm-hmm. we take that for granted so many times, and it's not until I hear, you know, Beatrice's story um, and stories from serving, or uh, my friend Joe who has served for many years, and and just to hear, um, you know, what it costs to to bring us that good freedom. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, it comes with a big price. It's
6: yeah. mm-hmm. something we should remember, because not everyone served, and those of us that did, it's not a matter of being prideful or anything. It's just a matter of setting aside the time and giving our lives to this great country mm-hmm. you know and i don't care who's the president in the red house the white house the blue house the outhouse <laughs> i don't care we're still americans amen That's right. this is still a great country we yes. ain't got to make it great again just continue to be great
3: we are great yes amen you know I, our son when he signed up to be a marine now he's 20 it's been over two years actually he signed when he was 17 so it's been three years since he um, got in It's, it's like, why, why, you know, in today's craziness and it's love of country, it's a calling. Oh, it's, he is, he is a protector. He is a warrior. He loves taking care of people. Right. And I'm like, but, 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 but I know I'm like, okay, there's my baby. But if
4: there's a, the good news to all of it mm. is um, dying for what, you know, you are called to do. I mean, absolutely. What better way to, die? you know, I talk to my husband about road racing all the time. He feels it's a calling, you know, to road race. And he's like, we can die crossing the street. And, That's you know, true. why not live as, you know, as full as you can, take risks. I mean, totally experience life to the fullest. So if there's a good news, part of the story is, you know, these people die for what they're calling, what they really are convicted and believe. What better way?
3: Yeah, he he said, if I die, it's what I love. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how can I take, you know, when he first signed up at 17, other moms are like, you're gonna allow him? And I'm like, well, one, he's going to do it like once he turns 18 exactly. if I don't support right. him. Yeah. And two, I'm like, he. this is in his heart. This is like, Really, it's in his DNA. It's in every cell of his body. Right.
4: Well,
0: how does that Bible verse go? God loves those who've been called to their purpose, or something like yes, that. Yes,
4: for those who are called to their purpose. Yeah.
0: I can't remember. Oh,
4: uh, yes, yes, it's gonna come to us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, like, hold up, totally we gotta good. get that. <laughs> looking at us. But I, that's the for whole
3: point who of that. For those who are called or
4: ordained, yes. are
0: yeah, or th- called. The yes. Point I, of that, of that would be that. Yeah, for you know there's a special place and when you when you find your purpose and you follow through with where god's pointing you right then that's where uh you're going to survive or it's where you're going to thrive and you know it's where you'll be happiest
4: is this our producer that used to sit back there and go those thumpers bible now you're quoting scripture oh my goodness <laughs> i love it <sighs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Miss,
4: like a
3: looks at him. <laughs> Miss B's looking over through the glass. My life's a
0: little bit different than it was two years ago. Amen,
4: right? It and does.
3: it will continue. Right, right. You know, and, and it's it holding on and holding on and being faithful. And yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. Did you find it, B? second timothy one and nine,
6: and this one is a little bit different from the one that y'all are are talking about but who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling not according to our works but according to his own purpose and grace which was given in christ jesus before the world began Mm. so everything we're doing it's because god already preordained it right before we even came into the world before the world even existed
3: no i'm going through some crazy times in my life right now and i just keep holding on to scripture and saying i don't know what's your what's going on sure. god and but you know if i'm doing something you don't want put up a roadblock yeah. like i have never seen it before and i have this peace that surpasses all understanding and i'm like if i'm living in peace then I, you know that i feel good about what i'm doing yeah um. okay
4: i found it there you go um so it's romans i love romans 830 and those he predestined he also called those he called he also justified Mm -hmm. those he justified he also glorified and I love this scripture because I heard a sermon preached on this just this one line what then shall we say in response to these things if God is for us who can be against us and the whole idea of the sermon was the word if Mm -hmm. is translated to the original language to since so since God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. Mm-hmm. Right. I love that.
0: So. I was reminded though just now when you said uh, put up a roadblock if I'm doing something, it, it, it always reminds me of when you're like, God, just give me a sign. It's like <laughs> <laughs> any, sign <laughs> all, any sign at all, any sign. all.
4: make that bush burn over there. And talk to me, darn it.
6: Oh
0: boy. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's difficult to recognize the signs. You know, uh, and you talk about that. You're like, hey, somebody, you know, I need God's help. And then um, I think there's a joke or something that's like where i just need anybody help and then somebody knocks on the door and the, and then they're but like oh no you. no get away not get you. away get away <laughs> you know it was like no i was asking god i was asking god mm. and god keeps sending the people i can't remember how it goes but god keeps sending people and and uh you're just like no 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 and you're like looking for i don't know what it what it would be divine intervention i guess at that right.
4: point mm-hmm. yeah i think we overthink things too we <laughs> ask god for you know show us a sign and it's something simple and you're like well that can't be it give me another sign yeah, yeah. and you know? another and, when, and another who was it uh that had asked the fleece to be wet the blanket uh oh i think gideon yes all right well you did that once but now you know make it dry instead of wet you know we we tend to mm-hmm. you know not give, see give those god signs. these parameters right. like, like
3: we can fit him in a box right <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. well I'm,
0: I'm glad i've been called to this purpose because mm-hmm. uh, i love doing we this are job too. and uh, i love this show and i love hanging out with you guys all week long ditto It's mm-hmm. really been S2. a fun week and um you know uh I'm glad Angie's not not here this week, but I'm glad she'll be back next week. Yeah, <laughs> She does yes. something that I really uh, that she just does it over and over and over again, and she's always doing. She's it always so. awesome.
4: Yeah, it's good that Love she gets to be ben with Angie Riley Houston. and you know yeah. just support her son and turn him into the next Michael Phelps, like right, you said. Exactly. <laughs> so thanks
0: again for being here, ladies yeah. and everyone. Thank, thank you for, you for listening. listening and please stick with us. Uh, we got a couple more segments and we'll see you later.
8: Angie, hey, would you like to donate items? You know, maybe some old sporting equipment, old furniture, old clothing. You'd like the tax write-off. You'd like to help others, but it's kind of a hassle to gather it all up and drop it off, and you're just too busy? Well, guess what? Art Thrift Stores, they will come right to you, to your house, pick up your items, and leave you your tax write-off donation form. How do you do that? Call 303 303- Two three eight Jane two three eight five two six three. And again, all of these items that you donate, they help people right in our own community. As uh, they help people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, and what better thing to do with your items that you no longer need than to help others? I shop at Arc all the time. I get my kids sporting equipment. Gotten a rocking chair. I've gotten boots there. I have a purse that's amazing that still had the tags on it. It's a Coach bag, and I got it at Arc. I shop there, and I help others, and I donate my items about once every month or two and I call 303-238-JANE and they come right to my house with a truck and they pick everything up. Here, check it out. Again, 303-238-JANE. Hi, it's Angie. Thanks so much for listening to The Good News. If you like The Good News program and you'd like to support us, we need to partner up with businesses to keep this show going. I'd really like to keep it on the air and I need advertisers in order to do that and I'd love to partner with you and help you build your business or your website. Maybe you're a nonprofit. If you'd like to do an interview, and you'd like to donate to us so that we can help you get donations as well. AngieAustinRadio.com AngieAustinRadio.com Just click on Contact Me. I would love to partner up with you. I think this is a great program. We've been on the air for about seven years now and I think a lot of people have gotten a ray of sunshine and some faith and even a little fun from this program. So if you'd like to support us, please go to AngieAustinRadio.com We would like to help you build your business or nonprofit as well. AngieAustinRadio.com and click on contact I'd love to hear from you and I'd love to help you build your business
4: thanks for tuning in to this encore presentation of the good news with Angie Austin
8: welcome back well last week pastor Kurt Bubna from East Point Church in Spokane Washington joined us and uh, we've talked about his book on marriage uh, how to rekindle marriage and get it back on track and his book epic grace but he mentioned his blog on going to Rwanda and he'd written a blog about uh, called Out of Africa and Four Lessons I Learned. So, Kurt, welcome back.
1: Thanks, Angie. It's always great to be with you and your listeners.
8: Well, when you brought this trip up, I thought we've got to have you back to talk about this. We can't let this opportunity pass. So talk about why you went there, how the trip came about. And then I want to get into the lessons, of course. But how does one go on a trip and get involved with uh, you know, a, a missions trip to Rwanda?
1: Well, I uh, have the privilege of working with Saddleback in what they call the Peace Initiative, and Saddleback Church and Rick Warren has been very involved for over ten years in Rwanda in Africa. And uh, in fact, a lot of people don't know this. Rick has dual citizenship, and he's on the president's cabinet, the president of Rwanda. So he's wow. had huge influence. And they uh, they've literally changed the face of that country. The the Christians there, the church there, has been wow. so united. A lot of people remember, especially if they're my age, back nineteen ninety four, the genocide that happened, where over one point three million people were killed, brutally killed. Yeah, uh, and that was again quite a while ago. But since then, uh, God has just done a miracle in that that country. It's one of the safest uh, countries in the continent of Africa. Uh, one of the it's they they will not tolerate corruption. Uh, they're one of the fastest growing com- um, nations on, on the continent. Uh, still a lot of poverty, still a lot of brokenness, but the church—and this is the thing—it just and totally. It's my first time there. I've been all over the world, but my first time to Africa. And the church there—I mean, I was with Anglican and Baptist and Methodist and Pentecostals. I was there with with a wide variety of the, the church, and they are working together to change that country. Wow. And I was just privileged to go to. Uh, be a part of the all African pastors gathering and to meet these guys to learn how we can help support, um, some other churches in the region.
8: Okay. So to recap, you were invited to be part of this All African Pastors Gathering in Rwanda and uh, very excited about that. And then you go on to say that Africa did not disappoint. So let's talk about, uh, you know, getting there, arriving there, what you did, and then I want to find about the, uh, find out about the lessons you learned.
1: <laughs> getting there is the hard part. Uh, from my home, it was 30 hours from airport to airport. Wow. Um, I had uh, uh, quite a trip. But once I got off the plane in Rwanda, uh, instantly I just I I, I was amazed. I was blown away by the people. Uh, The average family in Rwanda again a lot of poverty there still. Uh, They're improving, but uh, they typically have four or five kids. And the uh, length the um, most people live their life expectancy is about fifty five. So it's a very young nation, very young uh, children everywhere. Wow. So the first thing you run into is kids, and I, you know, I love kids. I'm I'm a grandpa, eight grandchildren, four children of my own, and I, I'm just a kid magnet. I love them, and uh, the children are everywhere, and they just fascinated me. Their joy, they're these are kids that have. I mean, I watch kids. If you've seen the programs. You see, you know, but these kids play with rocks. They play with sticks. They play with old tires, and they just have the smiles from ear to ear. They just rob your heart. They steal your heart. And they love Jesus. You know, many of these children, again, have been greatly influenced by the church, and they have this amazing relationship with God. So that was the first thing that struck me is the kids. I loved mm-hmm.
8: them. Kids at having so little, uh, including even their clothing, you know, very little of anything and having such joy. I think that's an interesting situation because we think of our own children who complain when They don't get a treat after dinner or they don't get to go to an expensive, you know, um, trampoline jumping place or maybe even do a sport that is like, whoa, hockey and swimming and soccer. That's a lot of equipment to have to buy. Like a lot of parents can't afford this stuff. And our kids complain about the smallest things. And then you see these kids with so little filled with so much joy. I wonder why they're so joyful.
1: You know, my suspicion is uh, Jesus talked about this in Matthew 6, that, uh, you know, we shouldn't worry about life. We need to put the kingdom first, and these are people that they don't have a lot to worry about. Uh, one of the lessons I learned is that you know I'm reminded um, in the context of what I saw there that we need we need to embrace simplicity. You know, more stuff doesn't automatic automatically make you happier. It, it doesn't. In fact, I have an old pastor friend of mine who's gone to be with Jesus several years ago. He used to say, "The more you have, the more you worry."
5: <laughs> yeah,
1: and true. I think he was right. And again, I, you know, I grew up uh, around missionaries. I went to I was grew up in a Christian Missionary Alliance church. Uh, I, I've been, I have more missionaries in my family than most people have family. And I used to, as a kid, I remember sitting there listening to the missionaries come through and they do their, what felt like about a nine hour slideshow. And I was bored to tears. And, and I remember always feeling guilty that I had a bike and that I had two pairs of shoes and these kids didn't have any and that I got to eat ice cream and they didn't have, you know, rice. And I, I don't, by no means want, you know, anybody listening to this to feel guilty or shamed because of what they have. But I do think we need a different perspective. I think we need to understand that what we have is not the key to happiness. Never has really been, never will be. And that's the mistake a lot of Americans, a lot of Westerners make, is that we think more stuff makes us happy. Uh, you know what, it doesn't. I'm 59 years old, I can guarantee you, it doesn't. The more you have, the more you worry. And so that was one of the great lessons I learned. So these kids, they they, uh, they really are, I, you want to joy. Go to my website and look at the, the pictures that I have. Some of them, the kids, the, the joy on their face is unmistakable. And I saw that in hundreds and hundreds of children and family all over the the country.
8: I'm looking at one of the pictures right now, and I agree with you. I can see that in their eyes, their face, their smiles. But also there's a picture of a boy working really hard, lifting a lot of branches that are tied together over his head. So uh, apparently responsibilities, I understand, for uh, children in Africa, in Rwanda, specifically where you were, where they're expected to do and perform some adult activity. They're really supposed to pull pull their own weight.
1: Yeah, everybody's engaged. Uh, And the amazing thing, I said, typically the families have four or five children. Uh, It's the older children that care for the younger children. Interesting. Uh, And often because, you know, mom and dad are working or they're trying to, I mean, just making a meal. Um, the, what the picture referring to is that, uh, Rwanda is a beautiful country. And part of the reason for that is it's against the law to cut down trees. You know, I've been to India and Nepal, and they've been completely deforested.
5: Interesting.
1: Um, and so that's illegal to cut trees down. So what they do is they look for branches or they look for, um, I think what he's carrying is probably some bamboo, but they look for anything they can because they have to make a fire to cook their food every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was wow. Rare, rare for the villagers don't have, you know, propane or gas, or electricity. Uh, so it's it. But every, yeah, everybody in the family contributes because they have to for survival. But they grow up with that. They're, they work very hard. They have a high work ethic.
8: Well, again, if you're just uh, joining us, uh, Pastor Kurt Bubna uh, joined us last week to talk about Good Friday. And uh, he's a recurring guest and he went to Rwanda. And so we're talking about the four lessons he learned. So let's keep on rolling.
1: Well, another one, and this is something my trip there, i mentioned it's 30 hours from airport to airport. It was one You know, horrible. (laughs) I was supposed to have 50 minutes in Amsterdam to catch my next flight. I ended up having 25. Oh, boy. Uh, Amsterdam's a huge airport. They closed the gate 15 minutes before the next plane leaves. So I had 10 minutes. I'm one of those guys you see jumping over children and suitcases running through the airport trying to get to the gate. Got to the gate just as the guy closed the door. And I went up to him. And the Danish people, um, let's just say that they, they don't have a fond relationship with most Americans.
8: Oh, Okay. (laughs)
1: And so I I walk up to this guy and I go, dude, you know, that's exactly what I said. Dude, you got to let me on this plane. And he's like, no, I don't. And I said, man, there's only one flight a day. I've been on the plane for already for 20 hours. Please, please. He said, well, your bags won't make it. I said, I don't care. Just get me on there. And he did. And I made it 10 hours later to Rwanda. And I didn't have my bags ready. Four days. <laughs> and I made the wow. rookie mistake of not carrying any extra clothes with me oh, on the plane.
8: No, yes, you was... never do that.
1: <laughs> I know. It's terrible. So uh, I I was four days uh, in the same A set of clothes. And uh, and then sometimes I get stressed out. One of the lessons was, you know what? There's so many things in life that we stress out over that we really don't need to stress out over. Yeah. We we need to expect the unexpected and and not stress out over things that we have no control over. And I don't know why it's taking me so long to figure this out. Again, I'm an old guy, but we have very little control over hardly anything. So expect
8: the unexpected. And I might add a sidebar, also plan ahead. I yeah. love, I, you know, it's so <laughs> funny that you did, cause I do have my kids oftentimes as well. Um, uh- Pack clothes in their backpack just in case because there was only one time in my entire life that I didn't have a suitcase and I went on spring break in Mexico uh-huh. and they actually sent my luggage home to my house so for one week on spring break I had nothing and so uh-huh. you know I mean that so I I, I I say plan ahead So, but you learned a very valuable lesson embrace, embrace simplicity as a friend and you were there to help others so it really didn't matter how great you looked you might not have smelled so great but whatever
1: <laughs> of to- I just kept rinsing my clothes out. But yeah, you know, we stress out over things. And it, just, it was a great reminder to me. Listen, I'm in a foreign country, far from home. Uh, there's, there are things that I can control, like my attitude, but there are a lot of things I can't control. And the best thing I can do is just say, okay, you know what? I'm here today. I'm breathing today. I've got food today. I've got friends around me today. Uh, I get to be make a difference, for the, hopefully, for the kingdom today. And that's all that really matters. So stressing out, and this is, again, I, I would be the first, my wife, if she was listening to this right now, she'd be smiling because she knows I worry about everything. That's I stress out funny. over stupid little things. And I and it's like, God keeps taking me around this mountain over and over and over again, Boob. Now, how many times are you going to have to go through this before you figure out, listen, there are, there are things way more important, way more important that that you stress out over stuff that's just not. And that was a great lesson. And going into the trip, um, from the rest of that point out, once I decided, you know what? Okay, I'm just going to go with the flow. The next eight days were awesome.
8: All right. So then what, what happened? So you say, um, expect the unexpected. That was one of your lessons. So you get there, you get the same clothes. What kinds of things are you doing while you're in Rwanda before you learn these other lessons?
1: Well, we went up to Kivu Lake, which is on the western um, side of the country. It's about three, four hours from Kigali, the capital. Way up in the uh, – elevation is pretty high. It's like Denver, about a mile high. Uh, unbelievably gorgeous. Just beautiful, beautiful um, place. Villagers, though, have nothing. The uh, um, typical person there you know, doesn't even have electricity in their home. Uh, one of the people we visited, she uh, was proud to say that she just recently bought a front door for her home. And, mm. and uh, so you know, this is just the way they live. But we were there uh, to meet. I I was there to meet with people to find out how uh, the Peace Initiative is working there in those villages. Uh, One example, uh, there are very few hospitals in the western part of the the, uh, country. And so the Peace Initiative has trained almost 5,000 healthcare workers to go from village to village. These are all Christians.
5: They're not nurses.
1: They're not nurses. They're not doctors. But they're people that have been given some very basic training, skill training. They go into these villages and they give the training to the people there, like simple things that we take for granted. Uh, boil your water, hang your clothes in the sunlight so they can get disinfected. Uh, there's uh, AIDS is still huge, huge issue there. We don't hear about it in America much because it doesn't make the press anymore. But uh, I was set in a group of an AIDS support group at uh, a church, 40 people. I'm going to guess the average age was 25. And uh, every one of them, uh, mothers with babies in their arms, uh, men, uh, women, all have AIDS. And uh, But what's happened is they've trained people to go in and help support these people, uh, help them remember to take their medication, uh, teach them what to do, how to do it. So my, my job really was to be an observer. I was going there to get an education and then to find out how uh, our church could partner with a church there and serving them and helping them and uh, be a part of the Peace Initiative in Rwanda.
8: Well, you mentioned, too, in the article about, um, you know, many of the homes were no more than shacks without air conditioning, without screens, without carpeting. Uh, the people don't have pets. Uh, they might have a goat or something, but that's, you know, for, for milk. Yeah. And uh, you said TV, very rare in these villages, and that they're not driving around in cars.
1: No, no. They, they walk almost everywhere. And I, uh, I never saw a dog. That's, you know, again, I've been all over the, the world. And everywhere else I've gone in third world countries, I've seen dogs everywhere. Usually they're scavengers. I would see one dog. Uh, I, I did see one cat. I'm not sure if it was wild or not. But, uh, yeah, they just don't have a lot of those things. Um, but what they do have is a love for, for Jesus, a love for their family, uh, a love for others. Uh, and that's why the church is literally exploding in growth over there is because the church has really loved people in his name. And then it was just, it was, you see in the unit, that's another thing. I came back and I thought, you know what, what would happen? If in my town, if the church, rather than just the the pastors, the ministers getting together once a month for a ministerial association meeting, yeah. where we usually, where we gather at the lowest common denominator, trying to make sure that we could play nice. What if we actually did things together?
8: That'd be so cool. That's a great idea. What if we actually idea.
1: demonstrated to our city that, you know what, I don't agree with that guy and everything theologically, you know, but so what?
8: Well, in terms of your lessons, you talked about expect the unexpected, and then they don't have much. You said embrace simplicity, because the more stuff you have, it doesn't make you happier. And then I love your next lesson, kindness is a universal language. Let's talk about that and why you learned more about that in Rwanda.
1: Well, before going, I tried to download some uh, YouTube videos and to learn a little bit. Kirwanda is the language they speak there. Uh, A lot of the people in the city speak English as well, and some of them speak French but the villagers for the most part it's just kirawanda so i tried to learn some phrases and i butchered them every time you know i, I every time i'd say something i think they would giggle because i sure i was sounding very american but then it dawned on me you know what um, if i could give these people a hug if i can look them in the eye and and they see in my eyes a genuine respect for them sometimes we americans walk in these terrible situations mm-hmm. and we start we treat people like you know, they're lower than us. These people are just as valuable to God as I am. Right. And, and maybe more so. Right. And and if for them to see in my eyes and, and the contact, for me to listen uh, as they try to sometimes speak in their broken English and to just lean in and to really give them the time. You know, kindness really is the universal language. And and I think in our culture nowadays, this is something we've forgotten. Yeah. I, watch, I look at the p- current political landscape and it disgusts me, frankly.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's because where's the kindness? Where's where's the common decency of just being kind? And we try to teach our kids when they're growing up, you know, you may not like what your brother just did, but y- your response is kindness. You may not like what's going on around you, but choose to take the high road, be kind. And, and so I again, I got reminded of that. In Rwanda, just even though they couldn't understand me and half the time I couldn't understand them, there was a deep connection. And kindness is that connection. Kindness kindness is the
8: the universal language. All right. Another lesson you said you uh, learned, Pastor Bubna, while you were in Rwanda, was we take Westerners, we as Westerners, pardon me, take too much for granted. Talk about why that really was driven home (laughs) in Rwanda.
1: Again, I've traveled a lot, but um, every time I go, I'm immediately reminded of things like soft toilet paper that, um, uh, matters, uh, drinkable water, uh, almost every day, multiple times during the day, we'd have brownouts or they'd lose the power. I'm in a, in Kigali, Kigali, one of the nicer hotels in Kigali. And, uh, uh, it, it, it half the time, the AC wasn't on or the power was off. Oof. The things that we just take for granted. And again, I, not for a second am I trying to shame or guilt people. What I, what I, I felt God was reminding me is, you know, I, I have a, a, an entitlement mentality too often where I just expect things to be the way they are, and rather than a, a really being grateful.
5: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and, and my relatively pampered life, and I would be the first to admit that that's my life, uh, doesn't lend itself to thankfulness. And I tell you, when you're over there and uh, suddenly, you know, the power comes back on and the AC comes back on, your response is, oh, thank you, Jesus. And I thought, well, why don't I live that way here? You know, when I turn on the water in America and I actually am able to drink the water from the tap, you know, not every time, but do I, has there ever been a time where I actually turn the water on and said, God, thank you for this, this that I can get right here from my sink that is drinkable and it's not going to kill me. Yeah. And so I think it's... Um, It's, again, a a shift in our mentality, shift in our understanding, where we uh, are grateful for what we do have and literally walk in thankfulness. We have so much to be thankful for. All right.
8: So the four lessons from Rwanda, Pastor Bubna, expect the unexpected, uh, stop worrying, embrace simplicity. Stuff doesn't make you happy. Kindness is a universal language, even if you don't speak the same language, and be grateful. Stop uh, taking so much of your life for granted granted, and complaining about the little things in life. So um, what, as we wrap up the interview, what do you want people to take away from this the week after Easter?
1: Well, you know, I hope that um, they hear my heart, that I, I'm not trying to, again, make people feel guilty for having a nice car uh, when most Rwandans don't even have a car. What I am doing is hoping that we'll see how incredibly blessed we are and then, from that, be willing to use what God's given to us to bless others. I went there to learn. I also went there to try and give a, what you know a little bit back because God has given me so much. And I think that should be our attitude. As Christ followers, especially American Christ followers, we need to be people who say, God, you've given me so much. I've, I have so much to be grateful for. Now I want to give some back to you and to others.
8: Well, and I love the idea last week. Uh, you talked about uh, picking up our cross daily as Christians and denying ourselves, and that there's an 80 20 rule in a lot of churches that um, 80% of people watch, 20% of the people mm-hmm. actually doing. Uh, and again, if you want to uh, check out Kurt and his books, Epic Grace and also Mr. and Mrs. How to Thrive in a Perfectly Imperfect Marriage, they can go to your
1: website, which is You Are Perfectly You are Perfectly Imperfect.com.
8: Excellent. God bless you, Kurt Bubna. Thanks for for joining us again on The Good News.
1: Always a pleasure, Angie. God bless you.
2: arcthrift.org.
8: How about if I want to donate? Where do I donate?
2: 303-238-JANE. You call them and they'll pick up whatever you need. Furniture, small, big. Medium. Uh, yep, absolutely.
8: Uh, a small, big, medium. Yes, they'll ma'am. bring the truck right on over. What's yes, the ma'am. number? 303-238-JANE. Yeah, they bring a truck right to your house. 303-238-JANE. Three zero three two three eight 303 303-238-JANE. Arcthrift.org. Does cool. uh, Arc make you feel special? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I thought so. You are special. Arcthrift.org. As are you, ma'am. As are you. Thank you. Do you love working for ARC?
0: I love <laughs> ARC. There is so much fun stuff to do at the YMCA of the Rockies this summer, you're never gonna wanna leave. Come fill your days and nights with our exciting programs and entertaining activities. At YMCA Snow Mountain Ranch, we are celebrating our first summer at the Spruce Saddle Adventure Park, featuring a zip line, rock climbing, slack lines, and a pendulum swing. All part of a unique playground designed to ignite the spirit of even the youngest adventurers. The Spruce Saddle Adventure Park is located right next to our famous summer tube hill and our world-class dog park. YMCA has made Snow Mountain Ranch the place where the entire family can adventure together. YMCA Snow Mountain Ranch is the ideal family vacation located in a stunning environment that helps build healthy minds, bodies, and spirits for all. At YMCA of the Rockies, we love to provide real bonding experiences for families of all sizes. Go to snowmountainranch.org. Fill your summer with fun, exciting, and affordable family adventures at YMCA of the Rockies. Book your stay at snowmountainranch.org today.
8: Welcome back to the good news. Angie Austin here. You've heard me talk many times about my experiences over the years, decades really, at YMCA, the Rockies. My family and I, we go up there several times a year, and my daughter, Hope, cries when we leave because she thinks it's like our place, our cabin. And so I'm so thankful for the memories they've helped provide, not just my family, but other families as well, but also the wholesome Christian experience you have in the outdoors when you go up there. I just spent about five days up at the Y, and it was one of the best vacations my family's ever had, which I don't know how you could keep topping it, and I met Dave DeLuca. He's the center uh, director at the YMC of the Rockies at the Estes Park location, and Dave, you took me on a tour, and I hit you up for an interview, so thank you so much for joining us.
7: Well, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for inviting me.
8: I have to say that one of the things that really strikes me about the Y and that I, why I want to share it with other Christian people and Christian families is they, um, it's wholesome. Like the young people that work there, I, I like to kind of interview them like a reporter, like, Oh, you know, why are you here for the summer or whenever we go up there? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, have you ever been here before? And, uh, nine out of 10 times they've been there as kids and they love it so much that they've come back and that they really are good, wholesome Christian kids. My husband even said, Dave, I didn't know they had millennials like this anymore.
7: (laughs) Well, uh, I'm, I'm very proud of our summer staff. They are, uh, an incredible group of, of both young people and, and not so young. We have a, a large senior contingent as well of, of volunteers who come and join us every year. But the young people are caring, they, uh, they are living their Christian mission. They are serving our guests to the best of their ability and they do it with such grace and such enthusiasm. They, uh, they help keep me young.
8: I want to give you one example of just like just a young person that really impressed me. So his name is Nate. He works in housekeeping. And he happened to be watching the rock climber. So I turned to him and said, do you um, work in, um, in the rock climbing department? He said, no, I'm in housekeeping, but I really like rock climbing. So he proceeded, Dave DeLuca, to give my three kids tips. And it brings tears to my eyes. He found out when they were coming back the next day, because my son had been climbing for three hours and he couldn't make it to the top of the most difficult route, and so he said, Riley, you're probably tired. You know, you've been climbing for three hours. Try it tomorrow. He found out when they'd be coming back. And on his own time off, came back to help my son and give him advice on how to reach the
4: top.
7: Well, that's a, that's a wonderful story. And uh, I'm going to have to remember that and share that with, with our other staff. But uh, it, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, we have about 550 young people who join us in the summer they are committed to the Y mission. They're committed to a, a healthy uh, outdoor lifestyle. And even those folks that work in housekeeping or food service will find, find their passions or, or find ways to enjoy their passions here. So I'm so pleased that, that Nate was able to interact with your kids.
8: So neat. All right. Um, you mentioned the seniors volunteering there as well. Um, I have to tell you, over all the years that I've come up to the Y, and, you know, there's the roller skating, there's the swimming, there's the crafts, the horseback riding, the rock climbing. We did the zip lining for the first time. But also, Dave DeLuca, um, we, the, there's the hiking program. Now, you mentioned the seniors. Now, we had Dave, another Dave, uh, lead us on a hike. And I knew he was around 70. And I did this just one time a couple of years back. Well, I was hoping he'd still be there, and of course he was. And he let <laughs> he was he led us on the Bible Point hike, and then Tom took us on the history hike. Sarah and mm-hmm. another Dave took us on the uh, another hike that was at, um, ended at night when we had headlamps on, and they hiked up four watermelons. But I have to tell you to have somebody lead a hike that's turning 70, they're doing I mean, not just little, you know, flower hikes. We're talking this dude does the real deal all day long hikes. And my kids did not want to go, Dave, when I said, now, if we're going to go up to the Y, we have to do mommy's fun things, too. We're going to hike. And then they said this. Ugh. I have to tell you. It was their the highlight of their hike of their uh, trip. Pardon me, the hikes that your hiking program is amazing and it's free included with with your
7: rooms. That's right, and I think you you've uh, you've just described the crown jewel of the YMCA the Rockies, our our hike master program. Uh, we lead anywhere from five to ten hikes, primarily day hikes of differing uh, challenge levels each day, and uh, and the hike masters are an incredible group. Uh, there are some that have been back for 15 or 20 years some are paid some are volunteers but um, they impart their love of the Rockies to to our guests and I know that they have uh, sparked a lifelong interest in hiking from a significant number of our guests and I hope the same goes for your children
8: Well, uh, they definitely loved it. They couldn't stop talking about it. And if you want to look into all of these programs, YMCAoftherockies.org, YMCAoftherockies.org. So thank you, Dave DeLuca, YMCA of the Rockies, Estes Park.
7: Well, thank you. And thank you so much for sharing our story. We appreciate it.
2: Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com.